Is it more than just... Because you need to find out today if God is real in your experience. Not, not just a one-time kind of thing, right? I mean, not, not just, well, I got him on Sunday, praise the Lord. And then the rest of the week, I may not know how real he is. God's real, in case you didn't know, every day of the week. 24-7, all day, every day, God is that real. And not just in principle, not just in theory, but he's practical real. I, 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 I can use him how real he is. He can be used in my life. I, I can put him to work. And I'm glad that God is real for us. And I thank you. Were you glad to hear Glenda sing today? Show her. And uh, that way she'll know that she needs to do it real soon. All right. All right. If you would, at this time, if you have a child age three to six and you'd like them to be a part of Children's Church, they'll be dismissed right out this door. I think Miss Darlene, Miss Glenda Corbell have the kids today and they'll go right out this door. For the rest of us, if you'll go ahead and turn to Romans 5, verse 1 through 5, we'll start on this scripture as we look together today. A little bit about faith, a little bit about justification, a lot of different things in the Scripture. It's going to be probably a little bit different than what I preach, or it may be exactly the way I preach, I don't know. But no catchy titles today. Romans 5, 1 through 11, that's your title. And um, I want to go through this and share. I would like to say thanks to all that, that were here last night, we're part of the Valentine's Fellowship, I, I thought that Tommy and Brian and the youth department and everybody involved did a great job and uh, had a good time. Amen, church? And we appreciate that. I'm not exactly sure about how much uh, money was raised, but it was in the neighborhood of $540. Oh, he's showing me more fingers. I can't count that high. Four, five, four. Hang on a second. Seven. Okay, 547 is what he's uh, showing me. So praise God for that. And that will send two or three. That will send about three kids to camp, won't it? So so we are, we are looking forward to that. All right. If you would stand with me, we're going to read from Romans 5. And we will, tell you what, we'll read 1 through 11. And I don't know how far we'll get, but uh, we will definitely get there and Forgive me just a second, because I told you Romans and I went to John. You would think I would be better prepared, but... And, and my eyesight can't read that, so... I know that's what you were thinking, Tommy, but I can't do it. All right, here we go, all right? Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in your hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Verse 6, For when we were still 
without strength. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died. Much more then, having been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more... Having been reconciled, we should be saved by His life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Let's pray. God, thank You today for being so good, so beautiful, and so real. You are. You are that to me this morning. God, I pray that we worship You in the way that You've called us to. And we hear Your voice the way You speak it. I pray You bind any force who keep Your Word from being planted in the hearts of those that would listen. And I pray Your Holy Spirit would seal Your Word in those hearts for the days to come. We love You. We love You. God, move among us today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. And we are glad that you're here today. And as we look at this, we understand that God has a plan. God has a purpose for every believer. Do you believe that? God does have a plan. He has a purpose for every believer in the sound of my voice. He's got something for you to do. You're not just fulfilling time you're, you're not just waiting around you, you, you've got something that God ha- has called and purposed for you to do now, now you might think well that's that's for me to, to live my life and to, and, and to work my job and to love my kids and, and, and then I'll show up to church when I'm supposed to and, and, and listen all that's a part of it but understand that the chief purpose and goal for you is to glorify God in all that you do that's what he's called you to do and did you know that that purpose is fulfilled when we do just the normal stuff of taking care of our families and living our lives and working the job a lot of people want to compartmentalize and say well you know I, I, I'm a Christian here but I'm a I'm whatever on the job here and then I do this here. Listen, you are who you are and it will show up. You are who you are and it will show up. That's who you're going to be. You you can't be a Johnny on the spot Christian on one area of your life and somebody else. You either are or you are not. That's just the way it is. It's not my rules. That's just life. And God is plan and purpose for every one who believes in Him, to have that purpose. He, he has a plan. He has a purpose for all who, who believe in Him. And, and, and He wants to bring us back from what Scripture refers to as death. You know, we were born in trespasses and sin. We were, we're born dead. That cheers you up. But you're born dead. You, you, you were born dead in trespasses and sins. You're just born that way. But see, the good part is the Bible says that He came to give us life. 
and so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. He came to bring us life. Praise the Lord. Good stuff, isn't it? You're dead, and Jesus wants to make you live. Now, how simple, how beautiful, how wonderful that is. That'll preach. And that will take you from this day to the next Sunday if you can just grab a hold of it. That Jesus sees us in our dead, wore out, messed up condition and says, I want to save you anyway. Did you know there ain't nothing I can do for somebody who's dead but preach the funeral? Now, I'd love to do some other stuff. But all I'm able to do is preach the funeral. Jesus Christ can raise the dead. Let, let me back that up. Jesus Christ has raised the dead. And He will raise the dead in your life when you believe upon Him as your Lord and your Savior. He'll raise you to walk in newness of life. And, and, and you know, I've heard it said that Jesus was the greatest preacher who ever lived. But I got one thing on, on his earthly ministry. I've preached more funerals than Jesus. Jesus don't have to, amen? I don't have that power. I don't have that ability. God brings life. And Jesus brings life. He, he wants to reconcile us. He, he wants to bring us back into a relationship that he's always wanted us to have. I think in our society now, at least in spiritual and religious circles, they're just starting to get it that much. For years, we have pushed religion and said, this is the way to go. And we're now, just now, starting to let people know that it's not really about the religion, but it's really about the relationship you have with Jesus Christ. Isn't it good that we know that? Because it's not about what affiliation you put on uh, yourself. It's not about the denomination tag that you grab and say, I'm one of them. I, I heard folks, somebody say one time that, that when you die, those tags are either going to fall off on your way up or they're going to burn off on your way down. Amen? Now that's a little harsh, but that's just the way I heard it and I just shared it with you. It don't matter. It doesn't matter about your affiliation. What matters is, is do you, not your mom, not your dad, not your, any other relative, do you have a relationship with the King of kings and the Lord of lords, that being Jesus Christ? Do you? I, I don't care at this point about anybody else. Don't point, don't look, but do you? Have that relationship with Him. If you do, rejoice, believer. Amen? If you know that you have a relationship and you know as Glenda sang this morning that He is real, real in your soul, you can rejoice. And I know you're going to struggle at times. I know problems will be there, but God is real in your life. And when you have problems, God will be real. Problems are real, but so is God. Now, somebody better pay attention to me this morning because Brian shared a text with me just a little bit ago. Kids couldn't be here today. Now, y'all think sometimes you look at the preacher and say, well, you know, we might could do better. There's some of these guys on TV, they might 
might be a little bit flashier, but I got the best vote of confidence from Lexi this morning. She had her mama text her daddy, and I'll tell Jeff this if I want Jeff to know this, Jeff Shreve. Y'all let me tell him if I see you. I know I got, but, but here we go. She's watching Jeff this morning, and she had her mama text her daddy and said, are you ready for this? That he was boring in her than Brother Darren. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, give Miss Lexi a hand. Now, it don't matter if you like me or not, though. It, it, it doesn't matter if, if I'm the top of your list or somebody else is the top of your list. Because in the end, it won't matter what I say. What matters is what the Word of God says. And God says without Jesus, you're lost and you're going to go to hell. But the Bible says that if you believe upon Him, confess Him with your mouth, if you take Him in a relationship, you will be saved. Thank the Lord. <laughs> Thank the Lord. Because I know you. We need it. Amen. And I know me. We need Him in that relationship of salvation. And see, we receive this justification, this, this being made right with Him by our faith in who He is and what He has done. Look back at the first verse, and it says this. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God in our Lord Jesus Christ. That means to, to count someone as righteous or to treat them as righteous. Now, you know practically the way you live on a daily basis, you probably wouldn't call yourself righteous, would you? You wouldn't at times call yourselves very righteous or very right, but positionally, the way that God sees you, Based on Jesus, you're righteous in His eyes. All right, that blows my mind. Because I know what I, what I am on a daily basis. And I know that I have to go to God fairly regularly to ask forgiveness. And I know I blow it, maybe not as much as I used to, but I still blow it. But I know that when God looks upon me based on Jesus Christ and what He did at Calvary, He sees a righteous individual. Not a perfect individual, but praise God, a complete individual. Because you know what? God's work is complete. You know, you get somebody to come do a job for you sometime, and you know, it, it is true that if you want a job right, get ready to pay for it. Amen? Now, I know whenever I need to get something done, i got a lot of relatives that say, oh, so-and-so will do it for half the price. And you know what? It's going to be half a job. Now, come on. I, I, I mean, since I'm not very handy, and since I'm not mechanically minded, I, I'm pretty much at the mercy of people. But I'll say this, I know that if I want a job right, I'm going to call somebody that has the clout to back it up and I'm going to make sure that they guarantee their work because I will call them back. But at least I know it's done right. It's complete. It's done 
right. God, through Jesus, His salvation is complete. It lacks nothing. You won't have to call Him back. You'll not have to pull out your warning and say, looky here, God's salvation is complete. He died once for all. He died for you. If you believe that, if He has offered salvation to you, if you believe it, if you accept it by faith, it's complete. You can wait for the next thing to come, but I want you to know you've got it. I said you got it. You're saved. You know, there's a whole lot of people that get it and they're waiting around for what next and they hadn't learned to do anything with what they already have. Listen, if you are saved, get with it because you're saved. And I don't know if this is entirely appropriate to say, but it makes me think of it because Daddy used to say, Ajax can't take it off. Now, I don't know if that's irreverent. If it is, I certainly take it back. But the point is this. Can't nobody take your salvation from you. You get the point? And it's important to hear that today. We are justified by faith. Justification is necessary because of sin. God justifies us because He loves us and and because He loves Christ. Did you know that He loves us? I believe that with all my heart. But also because He loves Jesus, He does what He does for us because He loves Jesus. Now you might doubt your love, His love for you sometimes, but don't doubt His love for His Son. <laughs> you, you might wonder sometimes, well, how could, love, how could God love me? Well, He does, but if you don't want to accept that, Understand He loves Jesus, and Jesus loves you. And God won't let you down because He's not going to let Jesus down. Isn't that pretty good? That's good. Understand that He won't let you down. You're justified. And we're justified by faith in the work and in the person of Christ. Look at Galatians 2. 16. Galatians 2.16. In Galatians 2.16, the verse reads this way. Knowing that a man is not justified by works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. Did you get it? You're justified by faith, not by what you do. Aren't you glad? Now, I, I can be condemned and will be condemned by what I do if, if I don't ask the Lord to take care of it and save me. I'll be, I'll be judged by my actions one day if I'm not saved. And guess what? It's not going to happen that the good outweighs the bad. Many people, and I dare say many Baptists, have in the back of their mind that somehow they'll get to heaven because enough good is going to outweigh the bad and they're going to squeak in by the skin of their teeth. And that's not how it works. There's no squeaking in by the skin of your teeth into heaven. You'll either go by Jesus or you'll stay. You'll either go by Jesus or you won't. And, 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 that's, and, and that's what is designed. God has designed through Christ. He is the way that you're going to get there. And, and His work is complete. 
And you are justified by your faith in Him. I like also what, what verse 1 says when you go back to it. Verse 1 in Romans 5. It says that we not only have been justified by faith, but second part, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our peace is more than just the absence of problems. It's more than just the calmness. It's more than just the quietness. It's a state of a ceasefire. It's the state of not being at war. And many of us never lived in a war zone. Most of us probably never had to fight on a battleground. But I can imagine that if I lived in a war zone and suddenly did not live in one anymore, I'd know the difference. Can you imagine living in a place where, where, where bombs are, are exploding and, and gunfire is a normal occurrence and, and people around you dying on a daily basis? That's just part of life. Can, can you imagine that? Praise God that we can't imagine that. Most of us, anyway. That's the state of war. But to leave the state of war and now be in a state of peace, that means that everything is alright between you and God. Scripture teaches that before you're saved, you were an enemy of God. Yes, you were God's enemy. You were on the other side. You don't want to admit that. You'd have never declared it. But it's the truth of the matter. You're reconciled by the blood of Jesus. And you have peace with God. Look at Ephesians 2. 14 and 15. Ephesians 2. 14 and 15. For He Himself is our peace. Aren't you glad? You know, we, we think about that at Christmas, Prince of Peace. Who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in His flesh the enmity or the problem that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances so as to create Himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. He's made peace. You don't have to jump through hoops to be, have peace. You don't have to uh, fulfill some man's obligation to have peace. All you have to do is take upon a relationship with Christ and you have peace. I don't know about you, but it's the pre most precious possession that I have is peace. When I'm able, and for some reason last night, I wasn't able to sleep real well, but it wasn't because of a guilty conscience. It wasn't, I, I was pleasant. I wasn't mad. That happens to me. I'll probably, some of y'all are going to be jealous, but maybe once a year. You know, I, I, when I put my head on the pillow, I can go to sleep. And I know some of you have medical problems that keep you from that. I'm not saying you're a sinner because you have medical problems. You could, but no. But I'm kidding. But for me, because of the peace, I'm able to put my head on my pillow. 
and I can go sleep. Because I know the things I did in the past. I, I know there's a lot of stuff that I'm not proud of. But I know I've been reconciled with Christ since then. And, and, and I'm okay. And, and, and i got peace with Him. And I'll guarantee you, if I don't ever have that peace with Him, Holy Spirit will let me know. And I won't, I won't be right until I make it right. You might be saying, I don't understand exactly what you're talking about. Are you married? Because if you're married, you know what that means. If something's wrong between you and your spouse, you know it. And if you don't, she'll make sure you know it. Amen? Oh, you're going to leave me up here by myself, aren't you? Okay, ladies, he'll let you know it. How about that? Amen, ladies? Somebody's going to let you know. Um, it's just the way it is. You know if there's tension. You know if there's something that's not right. You know if there's things that's not being brought up. You, you know. Now, you might try to ignore it. You might try to get past it. But you know when it's not right. And I'm convinced that as a believer, you know that too. Now, you may kick it in a corner. You may act like everything's okay. But when it's just you in the still of a night between you and God, I believe with all my heart you know that things aren't exactly right. Didn't say you weren't saved. Didn't say that you didn't know Jesus. But if there's stress in the relationship, I believe you know. You know why? Holy Spirit does such a good job. He never fails. And He will convict you. Not accuse you, but He'll convict you. So that you know. And I, I believe that with all my heart today. Let's see. I don't know how far we'll go, but look at verse 2. Move at a snail's pace. Verse 2. This isn't even what I really wanted to preach. I guess it'll do. Through whom also we have access by faith into this grace. What do we have? We have access to grace. How do we get it? Through faith. In which we stand. Church, are you standing in grace today? If you're breathing, it's because of the grace that God gives you. You might give credit to some doctor but I'd submit to you that God provided the doctor. Uh, you, you might say, well, it's these new vitamins I'm taking or, or the fact that I've lost X amount of weight. For most of that, us, that would not be true, me included. But I know where the grace comes from. It's from God Himself. We have access to God. We can approach the presence of God. We can approach <coughs> Him through the door. And, 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 and it, the door grants our interest is it, Jesus. He's the door. Access means to bring to, to introduce. And it's as if we're escorted to God by Jesus who presents us. Now, 
Uh, when's the last time you've been to a wedding? I, I never really understood weddings just really good because there's a lot of protocol. Of course, I'm a preacher. I got to know some of it. But you get to the back, and then you're supposed to sit on one side of the church. Is that correct? Groom's side. You went to a wedding recently, didn't you? Groom's side or uh, the, what's the other party? The bride, yeah. And the groom or the bride. And, uh, well, you got to make sure in today's society, folks, you make sure there's a groom and a bride. Amen? That's my push right there. Um, and you got to make sure. And so the usher comes down and they take you by that. And, and, and the poor old guy never knows what to do. Because he takes the woman, and you either follow or you stay back there, I guess. I don't know. I, he takes off with her, and I just go right behind, I guess. They escort you to where you're supposed to sit. But when we go through Christ, it's as if He escorts us to God. He takes us personally. And He doesn't make us walk behind. I think He takes us in arm. And I think He takes us to God and gives us this access. And says, here He is. Here she is. Look who I have. Isn't that a wonderful picture? Because He does. Jesus takes us and presents us to God. Can't go no other way. Amen? I'm lost in any other way. I, I can't devise a method to get into God. I can't build the right machine. I can't pay enough money. I can't know the right people on earth. I can only go through Jesus. I can't go through a church. I can't go through some ritual. I can't depend on a priest. I can only depend on Jesus Christ. You might say, well, you're singling some belief systems out. To which I'd say, yeah. I'm just trying to tell you the truth. The only way is to Jesus. And I love you. That's why I say it. To bring to or to introduce Look at verse 3. And not only that, but we also glory. And everybody has a struggle with this one. I hate to end on this one, but I guess we'll have to. Rejoice with glory, excuse me, with glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Going through all those things, God's going to produce character. I didn't say He's going to make a bunch of characters. He's going to produce your character. He's going to make something out of you. He's going to refine you. He's going to knock off the rough edges. And when He's through, one day when you go to be, then, then He will present you to Himself. Because... When he looks at us, we already are righteous. And that, that, think about that for a second. God is working on me my whole life to make me more like him. He's trying to make me look like what I really already am through Jesus. 
That may not make just a whole lot of sense. But He's trying to conform us to the image of Jesus and not the image of the world. Is there a difference? Can you tell the difference? A whole lot of difference in what Jesus looks like to what the world looks like. See, we possess this assurance because of the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. Baptists have to get into the habit of saying they believe in the Holy Spirit. Amen? And when we say Holy Spirit in a Baptist church, you can't cringe. And you can't say, well, I'm not sure about that. Because the Scripture says if you don't have the Spirit, you ain't saved. And I know Baptists want to be saved. And the Holy Spirit is not an experience. The Holy Spirit is not a ritual or a rite or a ceremony to get you in the club. The Holy Spirit is the third part of the Trinity. He's the third person of the Trinity. He is very much a person, a being. He is the Holy Spirit. It isn't. There's no it in the Holy Spirit. He is the Holy Spirit. You got that in your vocabulary? Get that out. It's not it. I don't got it. Praise God, I got a Him. Amen? I don't want it. There's a lot of it's you can get, and it might be hard to get rid of. Did you get it? I don't want it. I want Him. Church, I want Him. I want Him. As they come and prepare the invitation. That's good. It's a good place to end. Do you have it? Uh, just, just sit there for a second and think about it. Do you have it? That, that has been prescribed to you that you're supposed to have it. A religious experience, a name on a roll, uh, uh, something. I, I'm a part of a church. I got it. I got a religion. Do you have it or do you have him? Church, I have preached for... 30 some odd minutes and the message is just now getting good. Do you have it? Church, or do you have Him? And can you answer that not in a public setting, but also when it's just you and Him? Amen? I ask you this thing. Father, thank You today for Your love, for Your mercy and Your kindness. And I pray and as we stand before You, you got just cut through it all and see whether we have you or whether we have it. Speak to our hearts at this time in Jesus' name.